Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan show. Ireland's classic hits. It's raining. It's miserable. It doesn't seem like summer. It must be the week of the Galway races, of course, because every year we plan for it to be a nice sunny day for the Galway races, but it's always pissing out of the heavens. Every year around this time, the old debate around horse racing rears its ugly head again. One side say it's inhumane and cruel. Another side says, yes, it's good fun. Get over it, essentially. And it brings in a huge amount of money to the economy. They estimate somewhere between 2.46 billion and also keeps about 30,000 people in a job. Well, perhaps the debate is a bit more nuanced than that, really. I will be asking what you think shortly, and I want you to partake in the discussion tonight. All you've got to do is text or WhatsApp on 87 We'll read out your comments on the air, take you on the air a little bit later on. Or do you avoid the uh, debate because it's unfair to animals and betting is a fool's game anyway? But before I hear from you, I am joined on the line by Dean Stanel of Animal Aid in the UK and racing enthusiast and analyst Darren Hughes. Both join me on the air. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Uh, good Thanks afternoon, very much for having me. It's good to be on the nighttime talk show. Thanks. Thanks. Well, let, let's come to you first, Dean, if I can. And I know your line is just a little bit lower, but we'll worry about that as time goes on. Um, in relation to, you know, how many horses die every year, I'm looking, I normally check on the race horse death watch. Uh, in 5,987 days, 2,660 2, horses die uh, or have died. So from that point of view, people have a concern. But, you know, we've got to look at the money it brings in. People will argue the animals enjoy it. And good trainers will look after an animal better than they look after their own child. Is that a fair argument? Oh, well, it's an argument with sort of, sort of rhetoric we've heard for years and years from the racing industry. Because of what they want to do is actually disguise the true facts. Of, of animal cruelty that goes on. I mean, just this last week in Ireland, we saw two horses die, one at Kilbegan, one at Killarney, you know, and, and it's happening every week on race courses. And of course, what the racing industry wants to do is, is push that under the carpet and say, you know, racing's a great thing, it provides this, it provides that. But really what it's doing, it's not only um, exploiting horses and their welfare, it's also exploiting the Irish taxpayer. The industry doesn't support itself. It takes 70, over 70 million a year um, from the Irish government, which is Irish taxpayers' money, and gives that to the racing industry to give out mostly as prize money. And most of that prize money actually goes to millionaires and billionaires anyway. Absolutely. But in, but, in saying, yeah, but in saying that, Dean, you've you got to look at you know places like, for example, Galway over the last few days, or over the next few days, should I say, you know, the, the hotels are going to be busy, the town is going to be busy, the restaurants are going to be busy, you know, the shops are going to be busy. So it brings in a lot of money in both tourism and just to the local economy as well. Yes, it does indeed, but we can't use money as an excuse for continued animal cruelty. It's a bit like bullfighting in Spain. No, we say, well, Madrid was still yeah, survive without bullfighting. You can't compare bullfighting. Yeah, well, you wouldn't. You, well, you don't come. Ludicrous comparison. Okay, and I'm going to say that as well, Dean. I think that's a lot, it is a ludicrous comparison. The the purpose of bullfighting is to kill the bull. The purpose of horse racing is not to kill the horse. Like, no, it's not. Okay, well, 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 hang on. Okay, so you yeah, but we've got obstacles in front of horses. Okay, just one at a time. Sorry, let, just let Dean finish what he says, Darren, and I'll let you, I'll yeah. let you come in then. We Go talk ahead, about the danger, you know, about bullfighting now, but okay, the analogy would be that we put fences in front of horses. They're at Galway this week, you know, it's a mixed meeting, and we put these fences in front of them, and a lot of those fences are going to kill horses. 
Okay, well, okay, well, let, well, let me well, let me come to Darren in relation to that. Darren, you know, I know there's great horse enthusiasts. I have a friend of mine who's obsessed with horse racing. You know, there are arguments against it. Some of the arguments against it are, of course, the gambling addiction that goes along with it. And not only that, the horses themselves. How many times have we seen a front page of a paper after the Grand National or a race where there's a tent around a horse and some guy pointing a gun at the horse's head? You know, it's not fun to watch. And, you know, people will say we got rid of animals at a circuses a while ago. We're very focused nowadays on animal cruelty that they call this blatant animal cruelty. Yeah, I, I, I just can't stand over that, Niall, to be honest, and I can't really listen to it being said. I mean, for starters, I'd like to just address a couple of the points Dean made there. First of all, he said the, the racing industry doesn't stand on its own two feet. That's poppycock. Racing returns €35 Euros to the Irish taxpayer for every €1 Euro invested. It's worth about €2.46 billion Euros to the economy for a, a roughly €70 million Euros investment each year. So to say the industry doesn't stand on its own two feet is utter nonsense. Your line there about how often do we see a gun pointed at a gun's head, at a horse's head on the front page of a paper after a Grand National? Not especially often, to be entirely honest. I'm aware that that has happened in the past, but to pretend that that's a, a frequent occurrence is just untrue. Dean but but 2,660 2, horses in 5,987 days. That's a horse every yeah, two days. That, that equates to about 0.2% of, of the runners that suffer fatality in a race course, which is about 1 in 500. Would, that, could, would we love that number to be lower? We absolutely would. But that number is roughly about half of what it was um, several years ago, and, and it's fallen all the time. There's improvements being made to yard welfare, to how big the fences are. I mean, just this year, there was a study carried out by, I think it was the University of Exeter, to change the colours of the, of the boards that stand in front of the hurdles from orange to white because they picked up that white is easier for a horse to see. These advancements are being made all the time. Okay? Dean's line that the fences in Galway this week are going to kill a load of horses. As far as I'm aware, there hasn't been a fatality in Galway yet this week. I didn't catch the last two races this evening, so if that's changed, I do apologise. But that, that's pure hyperbole to say that, that those fences are going to kill an awful lot of horses this week. There's no evidence for it. I mean, when we look back, horse racing, of course, started way back, you know, the times of the chariots and the Greeks and the Romans, you know, back at 700 BC or something around that. I mean, that's realistically when we started competitive horse racing. And, you know, it's got, obviously it's very different now to the way it was then. We don't have people in chariots behind them, although we do actually in some of the, the, the cart racing. But in saying that, you know, we are in a different world now where we, we like to think we respect animals a little bit more. I'm not suggesting we all go vegan tomorrow, by the way. I enjoy steak as much as anybody else. So I don't want to be a hypocrite. You know, there is no more respected animal on planet Earth than a thoroughbred racehorse. But you, you can say that about a, about a registered horse owner. Hang on, hang on, Dean. You know, some of the, the horse owners in this country are very respectful, and they treat their horses better than they treat their own children. And I'm well aware of that. But there are horse owners out there that don't. And what happens to those horses when they're not useful anymore? When they're not winning races anymore? Don't tell me they just don't. leave them out to pasture in the middle of a field because they don't. They get rid of them. No. So, no if, if I could come in there, Niall, passed on to grooms. They go into what, what's called retraining of racehorses. So, for example, Tiger Roll, Don Cossack are just two names that come to mind. They take part in eventing and dressage. The, the horse show is on in, in Dublin in the RDS. Is it next weekend, I think? I'm not 100% sure whether Don Cossack himself will be there, but I know he's been there in previous years participating in different events throughout the week. And that, so that's just two horses. I know several horses. I've had a, I've had a leg in a horse myself a couple mm. of times times through the year. Years when those horses were retired, they were passed on to loving grooms and stable hands. Well, that, we that, we, we've had the same argument with greyhound, with greyhound racing, and that's not always the case. But but sorry, uh, go ahead, Dean. You wanted to say something? Yeah, if I could come in there, uh, Niall. Thanks. Yeah, talking about you know aftercare for horses. Uh, yeah, of course, Don Cossack, famous uh, 
Cheltenham winner, um, won a lot of money for for, for um, the Ryanair boss, and uh, so naturally he's going to get a, a decent retirement. But we've done some. We've asked the Irish Agricultural Ministry of how many uh, horses connected with the racing industry went to an abattoir to be killed for human consumption in 2022. 1,017 horses went for slaughter in 2022 last year from the racing industry. And a quarter of those, 256, were three, year or, three years old or, or younger. That is, the, that is the reality. So this idea that we care for all these horses, you know, everybody loves the horses in racing. Why is over 1,000 horses going for slaughter last year? Why were 256 of them under three years old? Because they weren't fast enough. That is the truth. Because if a horse is not precocious, doesn't perform on a race course, they quickly disappear, never heard of again. Of course, we'll hear of Don Cossack because he was a big winner. But those horses who, who are not famous, they disappear. And, and we keep a record at Animal Aid. Uh, we look at, uh, at the racing returns and the results. And I've noticed time and time again that if a horse, you know, runs two or three times and runs badly, you know, beaten, say, 100 lengths three times in a row, that horse soon disappears and is dead. And that's the reality. They don't care for that horse. Darren, I don't think we need evidence of that because if indeed all the horses were left to retire out to pasture, the fields would be full of them. So we don't, you don't really need evidence. And, and, by the way, and by the way, both of you saw us, please. Primetime Investigates did run a story there. Was it last year, the year before? I can't remember where we saw horses being brought off to an acre yard and we saw horses being destroyed. You know, horses that weren't useful anymore, essentially. Now, I don't know where those horses came from or whose horses they were because I know nothing about horses racing per se but we do know that similar to the greyhound industry that horses that don't cut the grade so to speak or have fulfilled their duties in a lot of cases not all cases they end up being going to an abattoir because they're of no value to to most people yeah i'm not i'm not disputing the or the, or the figures that dean just laid out there what i am disputing is the hyperbole that a horse runs badly two or three times and is instantly off to be shot or sent to an abattoir he doesn't have evidence for that and it's hyperbolic and speculation to suggest that's what happens to every horse that doesn't cut it as a racehorse. I don't think he Does said every. Happen? I don't think he said every horse. He said. He said often. He said often. often yeah, but well, I'm sure well, often I, it does happen. I don't think it does happen all that often. To be honest, if you, if you take the percentage of horses that run in Ireland in a given year, and and the ones that end up at that unfortunate end, which I personally disagree with and find very distasteful, it's it's a it's a minuscule percentage. The long and short of it is what we have to accept here is if horses could speak English and if they had a vote, they would vote in favour of horse racing. Every single day of the week. I don't know. I, 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 I watched horse racing, Darren. You know, I, I don't get me wrong. I'm not a fan of any sport in particular, right? But, you know, I've watched the odd... And you see the horse coming in at the end of the race and the sweat's teeming off them and they're close to heart attack almost. I mean, they are pushed to the limit. Now, that's all well and good. And you could say, well, sure, doesn't an athlete do that or a rugby player do that? But they have a choice to do it. They can stop at any stage if they want to. The horse doesn't have a choice. Hold on a second. A horse weighs about half a ton. If that horse doesn't want to move, he's not going to move because an eight and a half ton jockey with a styrofoam stick in his hand is asking him to. Horses are trained to respond to pressure. They're, they're trained to respond to encouragement. It's what I should have said. They're trained to respond to encouragement. If a horse doesn't want to run, a horse refused to race this evening in Angola because he didn't fancy it. It happens. Okay? If a, hor- a horse, these horses are bred to race. They're okay. Animals. Okay, well, I, 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 and that's a fair point. I, I, okay, but let me let me put that to Dean because that, no, that's a very yeah. Go on, well, minute, finish the point. Go on, you go. On. There are twenty five thousand horses in racing across Ireland and the UK at the moment. 
what does Dean propose we do with those 25,000 if we ban racing tomorrow? Because the answer is well, he, doesn't ha- he doesn't have a proposal. Well, I do. Wait, 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 hang on. No, I want to go to the first Dean. I want to answer the first question first. When we banned elephants from a circus, we did it because the, the elephant was being demanded to do something that was completely unnatural to him. Stand up on a podium and stand up on his back legs and entertain a crowd in a circus, right? So we knew the reason we were doing that. The same reason isn't here. Because if we look in the wild where there is wild horses and there are wild horses around the world... All they do is run all day. They enjoy running. It's part of what they are. And, you know, for years, before the motor car came along, of course, horses were a mode of transport. So the point that Darren makes is that they generally enjoy it anyway. So what's the big deal? Well, I've got two x-ray sources myself and uh, that I took in from the industry. Uh, one, one was written by the famous Frankie Dittori on the flat. Another came from a national, Grand National Winning Yard. And both of those horses, of course, they're in a five-acre field, as big a field as I can get, give them. Um, and they, they do run up and down every now and again. But what they don't do is run four miles. So let's, so let's take the Irish Grand National, for instance, just about four miles, fairly half. That's a, a, nearly a four-mile race, you know, 26 fences. Uh, you know, horses have to be pushed to do that. A horse would only naturally gallop for not much more than three-quarters of a mile at most. So once you get beyond that point, you're pushing the horse beyond the limit. So this idea that they're running for pleasure, no, what is happening is they start to get scared in a group and they run it within a group. It's a natural instinct to keep with the group and stay together. That's why when we see a fallen horse, the horse will get up if he can and carry on running because they want to be part of that group because they fear they're being chased by a predator. And it's those natural instincts that we're bringing out within racing that, we, that, make, that make the race as such. The horses themselves don't well, know where well, the well, well, are, well, then you're defeating your own argument by saying it's a natural instinct. Yeah, to, to run so far, but, but when you're pushing and pushing them continually beyond a certain point, then that becomes abuse. It, it, isn't, a natural, it isn't natural for a horse to run four miles because they would have long... By yeah, but what, what about Darren's other question? 25,000 horses, 25,000 horses. If you yeah. had your way tomorrow and PETA had their way in many other organisations, you know, we'd be banning horse racing tomorrow as they would be, you know, banning dairy products. Mm-hmm. What are we going to do with all the cows? What are we going to do with all the horses? You know, if oh, we ban oh, okay, tomorrow? Okay, Niall, I, I've got that, yeah, yeah. Well, actually, of those 25,000 horses, 7,500 will leave racing anyway every year. So once they're left racing, what happens to those? Well, we've seen that a 1,000 go for slaughter in Ireland. We've seen that a 1,000 have been going for slaughter in Britain. Uh, so, you know, there's, well, there's 30%. And you're advocating for that. You're advocating uh, 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 for that to happen to 25,000. So that's the 1,000 that it currently happens to. Uh, 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 hold on. How can you advocate uh, for that? How can yeah, you so, give so, so, a ban of cruelty when you're advocating for the extinction of an entire species? I don't think that's species. what he meant. I don't think that's what he meant. No, I'm saying that The numbers would actually decline is the point. After, after three years, those 25,000 horses would have left racing anyway. It didn't like they're in there for 30 years or anything. Only got, the average time a yeah, horse but we are, on but a race we are by, by breeding horses for racing. Well, well, hang on. Here in Ireland, of course, we breed horses for racing all over mm. the world, not just in Ireland and the UK, uh, because it's a tax-free uh, business, of course. You can export horses all over the world, and we're very famous for our horses. You know, And yeah. if we stopped horse racing tomorrow and they didn't have that purpose anymore... You know, they will become just like many other animals in danger of being extinct because they're not going to naturally breed as much as we'd like them to. Well, 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 take that back a step. First of all, the racing industry compared 100 years ago has grown 10 times in volume. And it's grown not because we want to, because breeders want to get horses on race courses. Breeders are breeding horses for the horse sales when they're one and two years old. 
so that they can make money on their investment. They're not interested as to whether they can race or not. They pass that horse on the breeders. And we've got to a situation now where there's no regulation of breeding. We're breeding thousands of horses indiscriminately with no with no future for them if they don't race. And it's the breeding industry that are pushing this by producing far too many horses. And those that horses that are not precocious, those young horses, three and under, and two and under, and even yearlings, can go for slaughter if they, if, if they, don't, get, if they don't get sold. And around a third of horses who go to sales every year don't get sold. And breeders don't hold on to those horses. They don't look after them and cuddle them. You know, what they do is, oh, this horse hasn't sold, let's get rid of it, either the Nakaman, the slaughterhouse, or where, wherever we, it can go. And, I, and I've seen, I've rehomed many horses like that. I mean, Darren, you know, I've, I've been to I, I, well, well, let me, let me just come back to Darren if I can, because, okay. Yeah. Darren, you know, it does seem to me, like many other things, it is something that's going to come to a natural end. Uh, when I say a natural end, there's going to be pressure, obviously, from campaigners over the next, say, 20 years anyway, because we are at a point where we're, you know, we've changed as a world in relation to the way we treat animals. And we, I don't think, I think greyhound racing will go before horse racing. We've seen hair coursing gone, or practically. You know, we've seen hunting gone. Greyhound racing will probably be next, and horse racing will follow. Do you accept that that's probably going to happen? Well, I sincerely hope not, or I wouldn't be on your radio show defending the sport of my last dying breath here. Uh, I think it's, 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 a, it's a sport that offers so much to us as a society, as a culture. The economics of it are one thing, and they're indisputable. I mean, I noticed that, D- that Dean didn't have a retort to, to my response about how, how racing supports the Irish economy. Oh, well, 30,000 jobs as well, on top of that. Yeah, that, like, that, and that's, but that's only one part of it. This is part of our heritage and part of our culture. Irish horsemen and women have had enormous success around the world. We're renowned for our care of horses. It's often said we've got the best land and the best climate in the world to, to care for horses and to produce horses, both race horses and eventing horses, any sort of sport horses whatsoever. I accept that what happens to a, a tiny percentage of these race horses is not acceptable. But what I do not accept is that the answer to what happens to those is to ban the sport entirely and, and, and to, to basically rule out an entire species extinct over the next 10 years. Like, talk about trying to hammer a walnut with a sledgehammer. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I, I, I don't think that makes any sort of sense whatsoever. Uh, and I haven't seen a, a coherent proposal for what would actually happen to these 25,000 racehorses, what would happen to the people who work in this industry, what would happen to the economy that depends on this industry to produce jobs, to produce people, to produce careers over the next 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. I haven't seen a proposal in relation to that. And one is not forthcoming. All we get are the bad news stories. And I accept that there are too many of those, but there are a hell of a lot of good news stories as well. And I think it's about time we started to champion those. Dean, just finally, you know, I mean, it's all well and good saying ban horse racing, but, you know, that is the kind of blunt instrument, isn't it? Just ban it, ban it, ban it. I mean, in the meantime, have you come up or have Animal Aid in the UK come up with any suggestions for, I'm not suggesting regulations, but safety procedures or other ways of treating the animals better that have been rejected yeah. by the industry? Or, uh, you know, rather than just saying, let's ban it. Surely there's a compromise. Well, well, certainly. I, I, you know, I've written a scientific paper with Professor Paul McGreevy out in Australia on the use of the whipping racing. So we've sort of uh, uh, done pragmatic stages. I've campaigned for changes to the Grand National. I spoke in the British Parliament in 2011, calling for the fences to be changed in the, in the National. And eventually they were. And we saw uh, a race that still kills horses, but not as many as what it did. So we've, we're pragmatic and realistic that, you know, this is a, a, a change that will take place slowly. 
but it will be a change that will take place. And racing you, will do go. You, do you, We're not do you saying believe we, we in want to go banned. tomorrow. We're saying it should be wound down gradually, giving time for people... For what are you advocating for the extinction of an entire species? That is what you're advocating. Uh, uh, it's what not a species. The, the thoroughbred was, to, was basically a human design from 1750. In 1750, we decided that we would breed a horse and call, call this horse a thoroughbred. It's not a species. It's just a, a, a breed of horse, just like a, a, cool, a, a Connemara pony. You know, so it, it only goes back 250 years, this this. This breed of horse, but it's not a. And your thoroughbreds will still exist, doing you know in other forms. They just wouldn't race. We're not killing off the thoroughbred. That breed, you know, breeds into other horses as well. They're not fit to exist in other in other forms. These horses are pampered and preens. They stay in the equivalent of a five-star hotel. It costs enormous money to look after them each month, which is gladly paid over by owners the world over, from the working man on the street like myself who's had horses in training. To the highest royalty in the Middle East who have a, a, a fleet of horses in training to enormous cost every single year. If, if you were sincere in your belief about animal cruelty, you would start off in animal welfare shelters where people are abandoning, abandoning horses off houses. Uh, okay. and I think they do. I mean, there, there is organisations, Darren, including uh, including Dean's organisation in the UK, which do, you know, highlight the, you know, the plight of horses kept in housing estates tied down to somebody's gate or a goalpost. Yeah, but, but, they're, but they're not in the radio whinging about horses kept in housing estates, which they well, should they be. Well, they do. I, I, no, I, hold on. No, with the greatest respect, they do, because I've had, I've had organisations on numerous times on the radio talking about people giving, keeping their horses in housing estates. So we've done, we've covered that and they've been on. So I, they do focus on those things too. You know, in relation to the thoroughbred, the thoroughbred horse is no different to having, you know, a pedigree dog. There are certain breeds of dogs at this moment in time that, that you know, the world and governments are considering banning uh, particular breeds because of the inherent, uh, you know, problems that they have. Yes. Uh, but, but, so, what, no, so what I'm saying, it's, no, it's not the biggest deal in the world for a particular breed, if you want to call it that, because I'm not too familiar and up to, up, to, up to speed on what horses, what breeds of horses. It's not too bad to have a particular breed. The horse will still exist, I suppose. I don't. I don't think the horses would think it's not too bad. I think if you were to take a vote in any in any training yard at the moment, right lads uh, amongst the horses in the stables, right lads in the next fifty years are going to breed you lads out of extinction. What do you think about that? I don't think. But they, well, they're not going to know about it, are they? Yeah, they, yeah, they, but, but you know, know what I mean. And, but I agree with you that many horse breeders. I was looking at the figures there a few minutes ago. There's something like 300 million is spent just running horses every year, and on looking after the horses. And most breeders do look after them. But there's a large cohort of breeders there, and you don't know them all who don't treat their horses well. You know, who are, who are not treating them like kings and queens, and you know, looking after them the way they should be looking after them. And they're just hoping they'll win on a Saturday afternoon. So I mean, you're only talking about the big, the big races and the big breeders and the you know the winners, the ones that we see on the TV but, all the but time. That's not what I'm talking about. Not, that's not just what I'm talking about. As I said, I've had legs and horses myself down through the years. I'm not a wealthy man. I haven't had them in, in, in the biggest stables in the world or anything like it. I've been to visit my horses in yards while they're in training. And you know what? I'd swap places if I could because they're treated hell of a lot better than I am on a day-to-day basis, you know, relatively speaking. Mm. This, 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 uh, this line that a large cohort of owners and breeders, it, for starters, horses are trained. It's trainers that look after their horses. And if a trainer gets a name for not looking after a horse, his, his, and her, his or her name is ruined forever. They're, they are impelled, or compelled, sorry, I should say, to treat these horses like the royalty that they deserve to be treated by. And that is how 99.99% of horses in training are treated on a daily, monthly, annually, base, annual basis uh, in this country and in the UK. Obviously, 
the tiny minority of bad news stories are what are what's going to make front page news. But that is not a large cohort. That is not a significant percentage and it's a percentage that we need to work on stamping out. All right, well, listen, i got to thank you very much indeed, Darren Hughes, um, racing enthusiast and analyst, and also Dean Stanel from the Animal Aid in the UK. Thank you very much indeed, lads, both of you for coming on the air and talking to us. Thank you. And thank you, Thanks, for, th- thank you for being respectful of each other too. Uh, all right. Yeah, now, please. we want to know what you think, by the way. The number, as usual, if you want to give us a text or a call, is 087-188-0008. Maybe you're a racing enthusiast, but there's the other element too, which I didn't ask the lads about because it wouldn't be their involvement, which is the betting end of it and the gambling problem. Of course, horse racing encourages gambling. Gambling is a massive problem next to alcohol and drugs in this country. It's a massive problem. Now, you will argue if we know horse racing, but should then the gamblers have just moved to something else? And you're probably right. They probably would. But maybe not to the extent that you imagine. I met a lot of people just bet on horse racing and they lose their house on it. But here's the question. Do you believe horse racing should be banned or certainly gotten rid of over time? I don't think we could ban it in the morning because... You know, Darren does have a point. 25,000 horses in Ireland and the UK alone. That's not including the massive sport it is in Australia and other places around the world, and America too. So, and actually in, in places like Saudi Arabia, it's huge as well, and Dubai. But here's the big question. Should we ban it? Is it cruel? Is horse racing cruel in your eyes? Now, you've listened to the two guys talking about it and the facts of the figures, and there is no doubt that horses, once they outlive their usefulness, in many cases, not in all, are just sentenced to death. They're brought off to what they call an acre yard or else they're, you know, just brought off to an abattoir and made into food or glue or dog food or whatever it is they're used for. Um, and I, I don't know because I'm not an expert. Uh, but we did see the Primetime Investigates programme last year, I think it was, that covered all of that. And so there are the pitfalls of it. There are also, you know, Darren talks about it, the most natural thing in the world for a horse to run. But Dean makes the point that horses will run a quarter of a mile, not four miles. Uh, which pushes the horse to its limits. Hence, many horses have heart attacks. Hence, many horses break bones when they're trying to jump over those large fences when they're too tired towards the end of a race. So I want to know what you think. Is horse racing a cruel sport and should it be banned? Let me know. The number is 87 188 Let me go to Ben. Ben, hi, how are you? Oh, sorry, Ben. There you go. Yeah. Hi, how are you? How are you uh, Yeah, so I, I'm good, thanks. Um, I was just listening to the two people speak there beforehand. I worked in the industry of bookmaking for six years on track. And in that industry, you get to know a lot of people that work with horses, live with horses. Their whole life revolves around horses. Yep. The, the fact that this is being called cruel after all the developments that have been done and modifications over the last 20 years is unbelievable. Every, every horse nearly in this country is looked after immensely well. Even, I know they were talking about Gordon Elliott and, you know, Don Cossack and all these big horses. But should we sat, we saw Gordon Elliott there a few years ago sitting on a horse with his thumbs yeah. up after the horse was killed. Exactly, which is shocking, which is absolutely appalling. But if you look at even the small trainers, like today in Galway, I was watching the races, there was a horse trainer called J.J. Nallen. I guarantee 99% of people listening to this don't even know who that is. No. That man had a winning today at 160 to 1, right? And they sure he's a happy man tonight. Yeah, he's delighted, but he, they're absolutely delighted. But the fact is, that man probably only has about fifty horses in training, and he absolutely takes care of every single one of them. It's pure love. And the people in those stables, they don't get paid a lot of money. The handlers that bring out those horses at five a.m. every morning, to feed them every day, water them, uh, make sure they're the right weight, they don't get paid a lot of money. You know, you make a lot more money working in the spa. 
So the fact that these people are doing that means they're putting in the love and care they deserve. I'm not, su- I'm not suggesting for a minute that, the, uh, that most of the people that work within the industry, particularly in the professional end of the industry, look after the horses really well. I've said that a million times, so I know they do. But that doesn't take away from the fact that some people just believe it's a cruel sport, that the idea of running a horse for fi- four miles over jumps and fences, you know, is unnatural to the horse. I guess people could say it's unnatural, but the fact is, is that when a horse doesn't want to run anymore, you see what happens. It just pulls up and the jockey goes, right, pull up the horse and we'll go back to the stables and we'll get you home. You know, a ho- when yeah, a but horse- if the horse does that a few times, he's not much use then, is he? What happens to him? No, but the or fact her. that everyone goes... Uh, by the way, or her, I'm sorry, Ben, I, I know nothing about the sport. So when I just said or him or her, are horses generally male or female or are they both? They're both. So Okay, uh, no, I'm talking about racing horses, yeah. Yeah, so if you're talking about, you know, horses that jump over the fences, like a lot of them can be uh, male or female. And the majority of the male horses would have already had to snip as well, so they can't breed after. Okay. Right? So... After that, what they can do is they go point to pointing, which is circuits are set up down the country, fairy house, punchers down, uh, uh, all around the country. And how old is a horse? How old is a you know a Grand National horse in general? A, gra- a Grand National horse can start racing anywhere between like so, uh, about six to about you know I'd say last year maybe a horse ran around twelve, thirteen, right? Okay. And they're National Hunt horses. That's what they're bred for. They, all they want to do is jump a fence. It's it's actually funny because people say they well, don't want to do it. But that's because they're trained to do it. Yeah, they are trained no, to do it. But if, if you watch videos of horses at home in a paddock where no one's even on top of them, the first thing they want to do is actually look at the fence and jump over it. If you go up to the National Stud up in Kildare, if the horse are running around the place looking for something to jump over. They're looking to want to do something because they're full of energy. They're joyous animals that want to jump and want to be explosive. It's what they're bred for. Okay, well, stay, well, stay there, just stay there for a second because I want to go to Lewis as well. Lewis, hi, how are you? Hi, Norman, how are you? I'm good, Lewis. What do you want to say? Uh, happy Humpster to you and happy Humpster to Ben as well. Uh, I, I love listening to the show now. Hey, so yeah. I thought I would come on and talk about this. So, like, I, like, you know what, the horses, like, I think it is bad, like, for people to gamble on okay. the horses. okay. Because like it's taking advantage of the horse, you're basically abusing the horse, and you're basically abusing all the animals. But the gambling is kind of separate, isn't it? The gambling is, uh, although it's intrinsically linked, it is separate to the horse race. The gambling, you putting a tenner on a horse, has nothing to do with the way the horse is treated. No, like people are backing the horse, shouting at the horse, and making sure it wins, Mm. and then they're moaning about that it doesn't win. Yeah, but that's nothing to do with the horse. That's not that doesn't make the sport cruel or not cruel. No, you know what I mean. I, I understand gambling in itself is a huge problem. Yeah, but the way some people like do it, like they just go out every day, like to Cheltenham and make bets. Oh, they do, yeah, and they, and they lose. They lose their shirt. But but here's the thing I said earlier on: if you banned horse racing tomorrow, the gamblers are not going to stop. They they'll just put it on a on a football match or something yeah. else, or the color of, or the color of a car. You know, they they don't oh. care. Plus, like, the lotto is gambling as well. Like, I know, yeah. Well, look, well, look we, we, we have covered gambling in the past, and we, do, we like, will cover it again. Like, and plus, plus Noel, you, you're not out with gambling, so getting married is one big gamble, as we all know. Which? Getting married. Marriage is a big gamble. 
I've, that's nothing to do with horse racing, Lewis. I have no idea why you even brought that up, and I think you were going down a funny direction there. Uh, let me go. Let me go to Gary. Gary, how are you doing? Not too bad, no. How you doing? Get married is a gamble. He's, I suppose he is right. Yeah, I heard that. I heard that. I was really gambling on that. That's that, that yeah. on my own I, last night. I'm glad I didn't put any money on yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Gary, I mean, balling horse <laughs> racing. Now, no, I, I understand. No, yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head there when you said if you ban horse racing tomorrow, like that chap was saying about gambling, if you ban horse racing tomorrow, it's simple. It wouldn't have any effect because horse racing would just go unregulated because of the gambling. Yeah we'd have unregulated horse racing. And the industry as it is now, I've, I've been going horse racing all my life. We used to go to the old Phoenix Park down the quarter, Leopardstown, a lot of them. And dog racing, Hattles Cross, Shells. But basically, the industry, as in gambling, as that chap, that's always going to be there. Now, where they're going to get, if the horse racing was banned, you're still going to have unregulated horse racing. Yeah, but should the gamblers, I said the gamblers will bet on the colour of a car. They don't care what they're going to bet yeah, on. Yeah, oh yeah. That's okay. what, that's, that's, but, but, yeah. But, but to the sport yeah, itself, Gary, you're a big fan of it. You watch these horses running around. Is there yeah, any part of you, her. is there any part of you that thinks it might be a bit cruel? Uh, years back, probably not. I fell in love with horses that I, like, I, I would be just following them. Desert Orchid, Floyd, Ellsworth horses. You, you, the likes of Don Run, all these, you, you fall in love with the horse, you know what I mean? You start following its career. And, you, yeah, they go off and they go into stud and they're, they're well looked after, of course. You know what I mean? And like like that chap was saying there, like, about the industry, about how many fail in the industry by split seconds and they're, they're, where, where they're, their abattoirs are, they used to call the glue factories, didn't they? Yeah, that's right, the yeah. Yeah, I but, think they did make. Yeah, did they, they make glue out of horses? Because somebody told me that years ago, but I wasn't too sure of that. They used, to, they used to call it like I won't call it the, the, the name, a derogatory name, wasn't it? But they used to call it a glue factory. Yeah. But, uh, I, I don't know if there was truth in that. But, I, but, I don't know. But, but look, uh, I was here the other night, and I like a bet. Good ones on today, God. We haven't had a bet at either of them. But I was here the other night, and I was just trying to get him a poker. But I have a. On, on the site I was playing they had a full sports book but I, I, I was ended up with putting a few quid on Club Hico I don't know I think it was in Mexico or something you know horse racing in Mexico it goes on all the way through the night it's a it's, it's a worldwide industry and like if you take that away it's so it's so it's so indebted like we have we have racing here on the highways you see you said you mentioned the cars earlier yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what do you call them them the chariot things where do they're running them down the road. You don't want that, you know what I mean? The, the industry is regulated to the hilt. Yeah. And I, I, don't think, I don't think anything could, can be more done in the okay, well, well, Yeah, well, I don't know, because Ben knows a lot more about it than I do. Ben, could we do more to regulate it without actually destroying the sport to make it safer or better or less cruel? Yeah, so I think the thing is that people have to split these two things in half and stop comparing them to each other. Gambling and horse racing is... But they're two completely different entities. Gambling will go on till the end of time. And horse racing probably won't, unfortunately. But the thing is, if you want to bring in rules in horse racing, go for it. And they're doing their best to do it. Four months ago, they brought in a rule about whipping the horse. You can only whip it seven times. Uh, last week, a jockey whipped a horse ten times. He got a 20 grand fine and a two-week ban. The fact is, you can't get rid of the whip in horse racing. Because yeah, they so did it once. Sorry, the, the whip in horse racing now is it, 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 coming into the last like couple of hundred years. They're allowed. 
you used to be allowed to like excessively strike a horse coming coming into the final like five hundred yards or whatever. They wave, they just wave the whip now. It's more up in front of the horse's eye. It's not the horse isn't struck. It's pushed out hands and heels. If you look at it closely, the horse is struck. The, uh, the horse is definitely struck. Yeah, but, but yeah, the, 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 the jockey, the jockey, yeah, the padding on the whip. The jockey, so a horse, the horse is a, a reactive animal. So when they feel that hit their thigh and they hear the sound of it, it makes them want to go faster, and that's the point of it. But it's also to control the animal. You know, if you watch horse racing, oh, yeah. much, you'll see horses. You'll see horses veer off track. You'll see them yeah. nearly going Left to fall. Right. But the jockey uses a whip to control them to be able to jump over a fence or keep them in a straight line, and it stops them from also yeah. hurting themselves. I was, by the way, I was, but I'm learning a lot here. I wasn't aware there was a limit to how many times they whipped them because I, I oh, when yeah. I watched it years ago, I used to see them bashing the shies out of them. Yeah, but well, the, there used to be a limit. But if a jockey, if a jockey coming into the final like few five hundred yards in the last four and if the jockey strikes the horse a, a certain amount of times, he he will be fined and he will he, he will be pulled up on it by the stewards. But Mainly in the, in the point and finish and with the horse race now, you'll see that they wave it up near the horse's head. Not stri- they don't strike the horse on the neck. It's being wove up in front of the eye, in mm. the eye, the eye contact. When the horse is struck, it's usually struck on his hind quarters, coming in, coming in to, yeah. to the final finality of the race. But that used to yeah. be, if you watch Lester Piggott in the old days and Willie Carson and Pat Edry, they used, to, they used to leather the horse home. Do you know what I mean? They'd leather them horses home in like the big races. And, uh, uh, I'll say one more thing there. They've even brought in rules of how the jockey's allowed to whip a horse. So the jockey yeah. can't lift the whip above his shoulder anymore and the elbow has to be in a certain way so when they hit the horse, they can't even hurt yeah. him. So well, rules, yeah, no, I know. I've are, seen that where they don't actually bend their, well, their elbow is just bent and they don't actually straighten yeah. it or whip so they, back. They can't, they, yeah. they can't actually, they can't, the only person that can hurt the, hurt the horse is himself on a racetrack by falling or veering out. Yeah, but some of the jumps I've seen some of, I've seen some of the jumps and they're inhumane looking. I mean some of them are taller than me. Do you know what I mean? No, yeah, I now I know the I know these horses are big and the horses are taller than me as well. And I am well aware of that. But still, you know, some of them are beyond the limits of many horses. Of course. But but, but you said yeah. earlier Noel, about like a hor- a hor- it's not natural to a horse. Horses are schooled from from from, from early age before they're schooled to go hurdling first. Before they go to these fences, what's hor- so what's hurdling? Are they those little fences so that fall over? Small, small brush, brush. Okay. Small brush, brush fence. Right. Okay. But be up, be you can brush, here, you can brush through a hurdle in a race. Oh, okay. You could you could, you could brush through, brush through a hurdle in a race, and and very few horses would come down in that race, fall wise or unseat jockeys. You know. Yeah. But if you hit a fence, the fence is t- totally different, especially at like racetracks like Cheltenham and what have you. There's what was that famous one years ago in the Grand National? It was called the chair, wasn't it? That's the features. Well, the chair, the chair. The chair would be. The chair was more of an angled fence that. It, a corner fence. The, the beaters was like a, it was a high fence. I don't know. And a ditch on the other side of it as well. With a big it? dip and a, and a yeah. ditch and a. a, a that, I mean, that was bonkers. Is that gone? Yeah, you, it's, you, it's still it's it's still there, but you took a lot of the the uh, the height and width out of it. I think. Okay. But the uh, like that was a given every year. Like a couple of horses would die at that particular fence every year. Now this is another thing that that's all been. Yeah, so what, okay, well, then why would you? I, I don't know why they would have even put a, a fence in, knowing that it's such a challenge for the horse to naturally do. But stay there, Ben and Gary, because I want to go to get a female voice. Helen, hi, okay. how are you, Helen? Oh, 
Hello, uh, all these men that are talking, um, <laughs> who gets the most money into their hands at the end of the day or the, or the week? It's the trainers and the top trainers and nobody else. Well, the, well, the government. Well, the government get money out of it. So did the Irish. The, well, the, they, the taxpayer. The top trainers, the top trainers like Aidan O'Brien and, and others I can name. They're the ones. The rest are left are left behind. And I don't like it. And I don't. I think it's a cruel, cruel, cruel game. There's no. There's no doubt the top trainers make a lot of money uh, and they put a lot they of do. effort. Of course, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm on down for a minute. But, yeah, but I know they do. Okay, but Helen, the, the, you know, the 2.46 billion that comes into the country every year is not just going into the pockets of trainers. It goes into the industry and it also goes into tourism. It goes into hotels. It goes into restaurants, shops, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and brings a lot of money locally into communities and towns where the races are on. Well, I, I'm completely against it anyway. I think it's horribly cruel on the horse. And they have to, if your horse isn't up to expectation, they left there, like, you know. Mm. If your horse isn't winning for you, it's goodbye, like, you know. Well, in a lot of cases, it might be goodbye, but not in every case. Depends on who the can owner I, is. Can I ask you a question there? Yeah, you can, Ben. Yes, you can answer yeah. me. Ask me anything. Well. Um, so, for example, you're saying goes to all the top trainers, and I would agree with you there, and the top jockeys and uh, are the top owners. But then why do all these small trainers and that only have five or ten horses keep doing what they're doing and point to pointing and all around yeah. the country. We, how many people do we employ that love this game so much that don't get paid that much and all these trainers, these small trainers that barely make any money keep on going and keep on doing it. Yeah. It's because they love the horses so much. I'm not talking about that point of view. I'm talking about the top... Tra- I'm talking about the top, top trainers that gets the money at the end of the week. Yeah, but that, that's not I'm all the money. I, I, I'm, I'm, nobody's denying that, Helen, that there are individuals no, that have made a large amount of money out of it. There's no doubt that. There's no denying that. But that doesn't that take away from the fact that there are smaller trainers who don't make a huge amount of money but do it for the love of the sport. I don't think they do it for the love of the sport. Ah, would you stop out of that? If they weren't earning good, good money. There's loads they, of people not earning good money out of it. I mean, still do it. They break even and still do it. You make more money in super value than what some of the jockeys make in these stables. The fact is they do it because they love the horses. <laughs> they t- I, I well, know. Well, you pull the other leg. Of, <laughs> it's got bells on it. I know a lot of jo- I've been in the industry for six years. I know a lot of yeah. jockeys. I know a lot of people that work in the industry. I see people coming up and they can barely buy a new jacket. But I guarantee you their horse has a new oh, saddle come on. on. And their horses. Oh, no, 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 be fair, Helen. Yeah, but Helen, you're focusing on the ones, the wealthy ones. There are lots of trainers all over the country who are not making that much money. Helen, when was the last time you went to a stable? When was the last time you went to a stable? You went to a racetrack. Oh, not too long ago. Were you involved, I'm Helen? You know a little bit about it. Were you involved in the industry? About it, and I could go up on a horse this minute, and I could nearly ride him. Right, blindfolded. Could you? Uh, were, you were you involved in the industry, Helen? <laughs> yes, my, 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 my family were, yes. Okay, and, and to what extent? Professionally? Professionally, yes. Okay, and so well, then that, that seems strange then. If you were involved professionally in the business, you obviously had a passion for it. So then why would I you want to... I have a passion for it, what, because what? I don't have anything to do with it. My, my career is different to that. 
I wouldn't go up in a horse or, and, and beat him to death around. Uh, around. Who's beating the horse to death? Who's beating to death? Well, that's what you were doing until you were caught. Nobody's beating the horse to death Some of the jockeys were caught Well they were Yeah but they were And the lads just pointed that out They got a fine for it They did Reprimanded Mm. And another thing I'll say That man That that man that sat on his dead horse He should never have come out again And went on the racing track Gordon Elliott He should be he should be uh, ashamed of know, himself. Um, he was. I think he was ashamed of himself. Actually, in fairness, that uh, was not nice. No, it, no, nobody ever said it was nice. He never said it was nice afterwards either when he apologised. Should never go into a racing track again. Well, that's your opinion, and you're entitled to that. Maybe some, a lot of people would would share your view on that. But in saying that, he he is. I don't know. Is Gordon Elliott? He's, I, I know nothing about the sport for God's sake. Last is he still racing? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Like he's one of yeah. the best trainers he in lost. the world. That's over the. the what? How long? By the way, lads. After that whole episode, oh, hang on. After that whole episode of the horse sit down the dead horse, how long did it take him to come back into it again? Did he? He, kinda... he was given a six month suspension. Two, three, four I years, I think. He was given a six month suspension, and the following the following season, his horses were sent to Cheltenham, and all all his owners stuck with him, bar one owner. He took the horse out and he gave it to to, to I don't know, it was to Willie Mullins. I'm surprised he could show his race. face. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah but all these, all, all these owners know the, the love for the, the horses that, that that man has and how good of a trainer he he is. Well, you wouldn't so think he had the love for the horses when he's sitting there smiling. That, you know? I know, but it, you do know that there was there was there was a another story there. Not 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 that he wasn't sitting on a dead horse on his phone, but there was a backstory to that and why that photo was took at that moment in time. And I won't go into it on no, there, no. which you know. But yeah, no, no, I, I did hear the other story. I heard the other story. Listen, lads, I have to go into a break. Helen, thanks very much as well. Uh, then, uh, Helen said she'd ride out and around the horse around the track herself, not a bother. Anyway, <laughs> I want to know, is horse racing a cruel sport? Should we ban it? Ben says absolutely not because he worked in the industry. Uh, Gary says it'll never go. Don't ban it. But Helen would like to see it banned tomorrow because she thinks it's cruel. And they're beating the horse to death around the, around the track. Helen's Classic Hits Radio. My good friend Maureen, how are you today? Hi Niall, how are you? I'm good. Maureen, should we ban it? Horse racing. Horse racing, I would. Well, first of all, I would ban the steeplechasing. Okay. And I certainly would ban the, um, oh, you know, that big race there, Aintree. Oh, Aintree. The Grand yeah. National. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. why in particular um, those races? Is it just because you believe because they're, they're typical of the they're, horse? They're deadly. They're deadly. There's horses killed mm. there on a, you know, probably yearly basis or Three horses died in 2023 in the Grand National. Three horses. Yeah, yeah. 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 Mm. Now, you see, well, well, you see, I used to ride horses with my girls. Yeah. And my daughter was a, she's a, she's a brilliant horsewoman. And um, she was into jumping. And I thought one time she would, she'd be a show jumper, but no, she, she wanted to be a jockey. Which that felt true. But on her gap year, I got her into an Irish National Stud for a week. And um, she walked up there. One of the horses with the eggy hands that she had to take care of. Yeah. But she has a horse herself now and her children ride horses. But if you look at horse, um, horses now, they are pack animals. But if you look at wild horses, where are wild horses running? They're all running on the plane. Yeah. A horse will jump if it has to. But it doesn't, it, it prefers to run on the flat. 
Okay, I, so I, 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 I don't know. I, you know better rating. than I do. You know better than I do. Um, I wouldn't have any problem with the flat rating, but I do have a problem with the Grand National and when they're coming to beaters and they're coming to the chair and they're coming to all these because you see them going down. Let me and ju- I think it's I think it's cruel. Okay, let me go to Morris. We'll stay there, Maureen. Ma- Morris. How are you doing, Niall? Yeah, and it's been around a long time. I earned a living putting up all the advertising over in Leopardstown race course and one of the best race courses in Dublin was sold off to builders because of brown bag people in the government, the Phoenix Park. That was the best race course in Europe and now there's ugly houses and apartments built on us. It's an industry that's bringing money to the country. Uh, some of the Arab uh, horse breeders from the Middle East bought stud farms all over this country. Well, they pay, right? and, they, and they pay and they thousands have, for horses. We, it's a big industry. We exactly, sell horses all over the yeah, world. And, yeah, I know, I know. I tell you what, people come from all over the world to the sales in Goffs because they know the bloodline here for the racing horses and the jumping horses can't be matched anywhere in the world because of the stock that we have for such a small oil and nation, a nation of peasants. And people <laughs> want to ban us and do away with us. We we produce some of the best horses in the world for breeding purposes and for walk horses. Look at all the films that have been made in Hollywood. What was the film that was out recently? The War Horses. Everybody was talking about it. Mm-hmm. The horses that were in the war. There's a, there's a certain type of horse I feel sorry for. But unfortunately, it was man again taking control of animals. And they're the horses that walk down the mines all over the world. All right, okay, they don't yeah. see the light of day. They don't see the light of day. And that's, that's cruel. It is, is. It is sad. sad. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it is. They're bred for that. You know. Then we have Connemara ponies. Um, you have the farm industry in this country. Well, the animals. The well, well, here's the thing, right? That yeah. all, all I'm saying yeah. is, you know, this is 2023. We've evolved. We're human mm. beings. We're clever now. We understand yeah. cruelty. What cruelty is. People, you know, hundred years ago didn't really get the gist of what cruelty was. You know, mm. and we're still using animals. Now, I don't. I'm not talking about food because I'm not going to be a hypocrite because yeah, I eat burgers and I love me me meat. But we're yeah. using animals, you know, for our entertainment. Like, yeah. not for food, because that's that's nature as far as I'm concerned. But, you know, animals kill each other for food all the time, not just human beings. Yeah. So, but we're using other animals for entertainment. Is that really right in this, you know, in the modern world where we're clever, you know, that we use animals for entertainment? Well, look at look at the royals in, in, in England, give you an example, right? And then look at the Olympics, the dressage. It's beautiful. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, they yeah, have yeah. horses. Different. The Queen is the biggest horse, was the Lord Ressa. She was the biggest horse breeder in Europe, you know, or all the horses that she bred because she loves the sport. She loves the animals. Oh, they're beautiful animals. Um, there's no doubt about it. I hate yeah, to see anyone abuse yeah, them. Yeah, and I, there's nothing better than looking at a horse being natural. Look at the Native Americans and look at Genghis Khan. Genghis Khan's army of horses conquered half the world. I mean, in relation to the Queen's horses, like, you know, I wouldn't mind being one of the Queen's horses. They do very little and they're looked after very well. I'm talking about horses that are run around a track, a four-mile track, jump over jumps and, you know, I don't know whether they they say they enjoy it. I don't think, I don't know how much they enjoy a four-mile run, you know what I mean? Well, they wouldn't run for you if they didn't enjoy it. They just... Well, that's not true. According According to experts, they will because they want to keep up with the pack. You see, yeah. that's it. it's in their blood to run. Native Americans have wild Mustangs. They're still running wild in America. Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Ireland's classic hit.